kid in a candy store again. Thank you. We have been here only a little over two years. Uh, started September 2017. And you have become so, such a blessing, such a great blessing to us. God has blessed Violet and me wherever we have gone. God is so good, so good to us. And, you know, that's one of the greatest, after the salvation, other, the greatest blessing is that you can fellowship with the people of God no matter where you are, and, and, and you become one in spirit and, and enjoy the time uh, that you can spend together. And you have accepted us as part of your family, and we have really been blessed, Violet and me. And we cannot thank you enough. Uh, as was is in the prayer item, we will be in India for three months. February, uh, this Thursday we leave on the 13th, reaching there on the 15th. And we'll be back on 14th of May. Three months we would be away from you. Three months we would miss you. And uh, I know you would think of us when you don't see us sitting here or there and, and pray for us. It's a uh, um, not easy situation there. The traffic is hectic and the atmosphere, the, the climate is hot and dusty and dirty and all that. And, and it's not very... We would by the by time of May it would be 120, 150, 120, uh, 120 temperature, and we would be staying in our place, no AC. And so, <laughs> think of us, pray for us, okay? And and, and I'm I'm looking forward forward to ministry opportunities too. So think of that too. And we have a small house some eight, 900 square foot small house that we are not planning to go and live there, so we want to sell that. So that's why we have to be a little longer. But during that time, we would have ministry opportunities. We, I asked, uh, uh, requested Lisa to print both sides of the uh, outline so you would have the last Sundays and these Sundays both together. So if you save that, you can have that handy reference. Last Sunday only, there were only questions. Uh, but today, this uh, uh, morning outline has all the answers of last Sunday. Uh, how to know the will of God, the greatest joy of the believer, especially the believer, is to know the will of God and live by the will of God because there is no other place more blessed in to be in the will of God. And God in his graciousness has revealed, and we saw those five wills that he has revealed, and we would see other five ways to know the will of God. So there are t ten total points between two Sundays. Only the first one relates to all human beings. God's will is that everyone be saved. All the other nines are the following wills that relate only to us, the believers. Uh, 
because you cannot do any of those nine things unless you have taken that first step. And I trust, pray the, the Lord that there is no one, no one here that has not taken that first step. Now the revelation brings responsibility. God has revealed himself and so for us it is to follow it. Five wills that God has already revealed that we saw. Everyone has to come. God desires for that step of salvation. And then the process begins the sanctification. And then how do we live out the sanctification? The other three points probably can relate to sanctification. Grateful attitude. Attitude of gratitude that makes us, helps us, prompts us to follow the way that Lord would want us to live. Keep the rules and regulations of the land that we live in, ethical lifestyle and moral lifestyle. Do always right, no matter what the cost, even in spite of the persecution. Do always right, no matter what the cost. These are the five revealed wills of God. But the question still remains. When somebody asks, how do I know the will of God? The question is not about the revealed will of God, but about my day-to-day decision. In the morning, my first question, every day we make decisions. Every day we make decisions. Some mundane and some very significant life-changing decisions. Every morning when I wake up Violet, my first question is, you probably know what's for breakfast. Sometimes she has answer, sometimes she doesn't. And sometimes I know what I want for breakfast, even when I ask her a question, and sometimes I don't know what I want for breakfast. What clothes should I wear today? Or what groceries to, groceries to buy? Those are mundane decisions, not life-changing. It doesn't matter what restaurant you go to eat today, this afternoon, doesn't matter. Wife may want to go to Spring Creek and husband may go to, want to go to somewhere else, uh, Olive Gardens. And doesn't matter which way you go to. Uh, you don't, no, no need to fight, okay, if you don't decide. But those are mundane decisions. But then there are some important decisions that we, we, we take in life. Uh, when I was 21, I went to a, a youth conference and I committed myself to the Lord and decided to follow him. Went back home and there was an offer from the principal of my college that I graduated with BA to, to teach in college at, with BA. And so that was a life-changing decision. I took that job. Then after 11 years, we decided to, I decided to come to Dallas Seminary, leaving my wife and five, seven, five, and one. No, five, three young children. (laughs) Life-changing decision. Rest is is history. Then after finishing seminary and UTA with linguistics, we went to India for nine years, took up a project. Life-changing decision for our family. When that project was over, we came here and started Gujarati commentary project. Life-changing decision. How do you make these kind of important decisions in life? 
and God has not left us without help. And that's what we are going to say. And you already have the outline, so you already know the answers. And so basically, all those verses I usually write down here so we don't have to grope around through the pages and spend time. Uh, so basically what uh, we would do today is let the word speak itself. Those verses that you already have, five ways to discern the will of God. And the first and most primary, as you can say in your outline, is doing what God wants us to do. Life committed to live according to the will of God. Remember Mark Twain? I'm not bothered by the things of the Bible I do not understand. What bothers me most are the things that I do understand. Because revelation brings responsibility. And again, we ended last Sunday with that verse, uh, Deuteronomy 29, 29. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things revealed to us and to our children forever so that we would keep this word of the Lord. And then Moses also said that it's not in heaven that you cannot say that, oh, how can I go to heaven? It's not down there, so you cannot say that how I go down there. It's in your heart. It's with us so that we would keep this word of the Lord. And so Romans 12, 1 to 2, Therefore I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, see, so that you may prove what is the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Again, Ephesians 5.10 uh, 5, and 17, trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. So then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. If you want to know the will of God for a particular major decision in your life, you have to follow and be committed to do the will of God. God's will is not cheap so that he would just throw away to everybody. You have to accept that. You have to honor that. You have to uh, treasure that. I want to know the will of God because I want to live life pleasing to the Lord. Lord, tell me what you want me to do in this particular situation. And when we go with that desire, intense desire, committed to do the will of God, then God would say, Proverbs 2, 1 to 5, My son, I few will receive my words and treasure my commandments within you. Make your ear attentive to wisdom. Incline your heart to understanding for if you cry for discernment and lift your voice for understanding if you seek her the wisdom as silver and search for her as for hidden treasure then you will discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God many times we want to go not to know the will of God but Tell our will to God and get his approval. 
when 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 jesus said that the uh, let your will be fulfilled on earth as in heaven he was not saying that let my will be fulfilled in heaven but heaven's will be fulfilled you can put yourself in that god fulfill your will in my life so that i can be instrumental in in impacting the circle that i am living so that your will will be fulfilled in the earth as it is in heaven there is one example in the old testament about our kind of attitude babylon destroyed jerusalem and jeremiah is there they they capture jeremiah and then let him go because jeremiah had told to uh, advised people that obey babylon surrender babylon and so babylon was very good to jeremiah they let them go and they appoint gedaliah gedaliah as the uh, governor there and they assassinate gedaliah so these people come here uh, and and they request uh, jeremiah that the lord your god tell us what the way we should walk and the thing we should do may the lord be true and faithful witness against us so they come to jeremiah to know the will of god what should we do now they had already decided what to know what to do what they wanted to do but they come to jeremiah asking for tell us jeremiah takes 10 days to pray okay wait let me pray and after 10 days they come and jeremiah's response This says the Lord of hosts the God of Israel if you really set your mind to enter Egypt and go to reside there then the sword which you are afraid of will overtake you there in the land of Egypt and the famine about which you are anxious concerned will follow you closely after you there in Egypt you will die there straightforward clear they went to Jeremiah asked tell us and jeremiah prays for 10 days their response 432 and 7 jeremiah all the arrogant men say to jeremiah you are telling a lie the lord our god has not sent you to say you are not to enter egypt to reside there and they entered the land of egypt for they did not obey the voice of the lord when we go to the lord we don't go to command him to do what i want but obey him to do obey him to do and know what he wants i am not the master he is the lord i don't command him i obey i don't tell him what to do he tells me what to do and i better obey i better do what he wants me to do because there is no other way there is no joy in life unless you obey okay second the word of god provides the basic principles in life's major decisions the first one you have to be willing to know do the will of god so that god will tell you the second one is he has already given us the tool the basic tool to know the will of god the word of god provides the basic principles 
And Psalm 119 uh, and so many other places that you can see this uh, very clearly. Psalm 119 is a poem, a a love poem to the Word of God, you can say. A love poem to the Word of God. And just like uh, Shakespeare was doing sonnet with all this structure, that uh, that, that love poem is done in a beautiful structure. Every verse begins with the Hebrew alphabet and every uh, every. There are uh, 26 stanzas with 26 alphabet. Each verse of that uh, stanza begins with the same letter and so on. Uh, Psalm uh, 119, 97, 200 says, Oh, how I love your, lo- love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Your commandments make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever mine. I have more insight than all my teachers. Why? Because he was... So much in the law of the Lord, for they are ever mine. I have more insight than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the aged. I am more wise than the aged because I depend on the word of God. Because I have observed your precepts, the unfolding of your words give light. And it gives understanding to the simple. The word simple means those who need wisdom. Uh, one of the things, we, few things about the Word of God we have to know, notice is that Bible provides general principles. It does not tell what, bre- what you should you have for breakfast in the morning or what job you should take. If you have a two equal job opportunity, it doesn't tell you take this job. But it provides you a general principles about what to, how to live and what to do. Uh, principles like those things that involve moral convictions. Those things that involve putting God first in life. Those things involve what is important in life. Family is more important than salary. Staying with the family is more important than finding a job outside, and so on. So, Bible does not tell us for each specific situation of our life, but it gives you the general principles. Uh, Second, we cannot depend on isolated verses, but we have to take the overall picture I came by myself in uh, August 74 at Dallas Seminary, leaving three young kids and my wife. Uh, I had hoped that within a month or so they, they would come, but it, it took two years and four months. I was by, I was by myself, and she was taking care of three, three young kids, the youngest one, one year old, with a full-time job. And, and I was reading Isaiah, and I found a verse. It, it says that, I will bring your children from the east and gather you from the west. Perfect for me, right? <laughs> it doesn't say, in the context, it's talking about bringing the Babylonian captivity back home. You can't, God worked it out. It happened. They came. <laughs> but that verse was not about that. We take the verses outside the context and apply, and it doesn't work. If you can just cannot just open the Bible like that and put your fang, finger on that verse, and it is about Judas, then he went out and hanged himself. <laughs> you can't do that. 
we have to be in the world all the time so that our mind and our life is so so imbued is that word uh, with the word of god so every time you speak every time you make decision the you bleed word of god you bleed word of god we we have a proverb in gujarati you cannot start digging well when your house is on fire yeah. <laughs> well you can but it's not going to help it may help for next fire but not for this fire you have to have your well ready be prepared for the hope explain the hope that is in you if anyone asks so that you are ready to answer that in the same way any decision that we make in life we have to we we have to be so soaked up in the word of god so everything we decide everything we say comes out i don't have time much but i just remember one time i was walking in the morning and I, and a car was coming out of the uh, alley and when you come out of alley you are looking lo- right and left but he was not looking ahead and he 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 t- all touch almost my legs and he re- realized too late and he was so so embarrassed i said don't worry don't worry don't worry god bless you today and i realized that how did how was i able to say that instead of getting angry with him it just what is your quick reflex response in difficult situation that shows how much your you 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 have internalized the word of god uh, and every decision sometimes we may not have time to decide when somebody asks a question or or decide uh, make a want to make a tell us our decision you have to be prepared and soaked up in the word of god you can't really start digging well third the spirit of god reveals the will of god jesus told the disciple i cannot tell you everything now john 16 but when the spirit comes it would he spirit is he he would reveal everything and everything that i have will give it to you Paul talks about first Corinthians 2:11-16 for who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him in the same way the thoughts of god no one knows except the spirit of god now we have received the spirit of god not the spirit of the world but the spirit of who is from god so that we know the things freely given to us by god which things we also speak not in words uh, taught by human wisdom but in those taught by the spirit combining spiritual thoughts and um, spiritual words but a natural man does not accept the things of the spirit of god for they are foolishness to him and he cannot understand them but we have the spirit of god when we have the knowledge of god we have the wisdom of god we have the guidance of god through the spirit jesus uh, say that i have many more things to say to you but you cannot bear them now etc i already said that uh, 1 john 2:27 as for you the anointing which you have received from him abides in you and you have no need for anyone to teach you you don't need teacher here 
spirit of God guides us in every aspect. Um, anyone to teach you, but as it's anointing teaches you about all things, and it's true and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you abide in him. Sometimes when I speak here, I feel like I'm speak, speaking to choir. You don't need this message. You already know, right? Everything that we do here, we don't do anything, say anything new. Nothing new here, outside here. But all we do is remind ourselves so that we continue to grow into the knowledge and God uses all these things to uh, use it. Okay, now a few things about spirit. Discerning the spirit. Not all the spirit. Paul, uh, John writes in First John, not all spirits are from God. And so discerning the spirit. You have to discern the spirit of God, which is, whether it is from God or from devil. Second thing is the spirit of God never contradicts the word of God. The primary source of our knowing the will of God is the word of God, whether it is the spirit of God or anything else. The Spirit of God never contradicts the Word of God. So again, you have to be in the Word of God to discern the Spirit of God. The third thing, our conscience is not the Spirit of God. Okay, Everybody has conscience, believer or unbeliever. Romans 1, everybody has conscience. And because of their conscience, they are guilty, they are accountable, they are responsible to God. But we have additional help, the Spirit of God, the conscience that, that refines our conscience. And the Spirit of God is not conscience, but our conscience is refined by the Spirit of God. So we follow not our conscience that sometimes can rationalize things, that sometimes can be oversensitive, that sometimes can be seared, sometimes can be stubborn and hard-headed, because we live in, the, as we heard this morning, we live in this world and we have that sin nature. That sin nature tries to rationalize everything, even rationalizing our will against the will of God. But we have to follow not the conscience always, but the Spirit of God. Um, uh, fourth one, people of God give the right advice. The first one, the Word of God. No, the first one is the commitment to do the will of God. The second is the word of God. Third is the spirit of God. The fourth is people of God give right advice. And Proverbs has so many things to say about that. Where there is no guidance, the people fall. But in abundance of counselors, there is victory. 12, 14, 15, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes. Uh, but a wise man is he who listens to counsel. What he's saying is that you are stupid if you don't ask counsel of other friends. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. But a wise man is he who listens to counsel. Without consultation, 1522, without consultation, plans are frustrated. But with many counselors, they are succeed. They succeed. A wise man is strong, and a man of knowledge increases power. For by wise guidance, you will wage war, and in abundance of counselors, there is victory. few things about this too now. Choose right people. Remember Psalm 1-1? Blessed is the man who does not walk with the wicked, stand with the sinner, and does not 
sit with the uh, scoffer, but he delights in the word of God, and, and, and he will be blessed, and so on. Choose right counselors. Choose right people. We are in a place where we have enough people that we can help each other in making right decisions. Uh, people of the world will give you worldly advice. People of the world will give you worldly advice. When I be, uh, accepted the Lord, I committed myself to go into full-time ministry. I went home, and my result came out, and the principal asked me that, hey, would you like to teach here? And, and I said, I, I, I thought that I have decided to follow the Lord, and so I can't take this job. I came out from the principal's office, and there was a friend, and he said, what did he say? He said, well, I, he was asking me if I can teach. And he said, what did you say? I said, I, I'll think about it. He said, are you stupid? There was a so respected college that with master's degree and PhD with so many experience cannot get the job. And with just BA, he's asking you and you are thinking about it. So I thought and I took that job. And for 11 years, I kept thinking about my decision. So people of the world would give you wrong advice. You have to know who you are asking for. Because the people of the world do not think the way the people of the world do. And again, any advice, test with the word of God. People are important and we respect and honor. But we respect this most than anybody or anything. So again, test with the word of God. Now, finally... Number five, peace of God, commitment to do the will of God, the word of God, the spirit of God, people of God, and finally the peace of God. Peace of God confirms the will of God. After going through all these things, you have, you desire to do the will of God, so you go to the Lord. And then Lord gives you some advice and idea so that you then check with the word of God that is that right? Is that in line with the moral principle that the word gives me? And then you depend on the spirit of God and you ask people, friends for their advice. And finally you make decision. And if it is done through all this process, then it should, would give you the peace of God. I, my, one of my favorite word, verse uh, in, in Isaiah is that you, 26.3, you will keep him in perfect peace because he trusts in you. You will keep him perfect peace because he trusts in you. Isaiah 48.17.18, thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord your God who teaches you to profit, who leads you in the way you should go. If only you had paid attention to my commandments, then you did not and you do not have the peace. But what he is saying here, if you had, then your well, their, their well-being would have been like a river and your righteousness like the waves of the sea. Beautiful, beautiful imagery, like the waves are overflowing, so the peace would overflow 
just like that joy we talked about, that you would go out with joy, let forth in peace so much so that the mountains and hills burst out in songs and the trees of the field clap their hands. Same way, your peace would be like the waves of the stormy sea. So much overflowing. Philippians 4, 8, 9. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is good of repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on those things. And if you do that, the things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Finally, that peace that we all want for any major decision would come if we have gone through that process of making, making decision. By the way, this is internal peace, not necessarily external. It's peace that you experience in self. It doesn't mean that there will not be problem, there will not be opposition, there will not be difficulties. There will not be hard problems, hard situations that you may have to go through. Does not mean that it will always be easy to carry out the will of God. See, we are the people of the word. We are the people of conviction. And our convictions are based on the word of God. And if, if our decisions are according to those convictions, then we have the peace of God no matter what. Others say, no matter what the world uh, guides us or tells us or prompts us or tempts us, we have that peace because we want to do the will of God. Does not mean that there will not be any opposition, like Paul. Wherever Paul went, there was opposition. Wherever Paul went, there was riot. In, in in India, when when you when when a, a missionary or somebody visits a family. Uh, we, we have a tradition, we always offer a cup of tea. When, when we came here, we sometimes go to American friends at home, uh, and then you sit for a couple of hours, and sometimes we, they don't even offer water. And in India, you go to anybody's home, they will not let you go <laughs> without a cup of tea. So what, one missionary said, whenever Paul went, there was a riot. Wherever I go, people offer me tea. <laughs> of course, the results are different too. <laughs> Paul had a tremendous result. Not all missionaries are successful. But following the will of God and the peace of God does not mean it's easy to do. But we are committed to do that. All these principles, the five principles that we noted here, we have to be willing to do the will of God. When we go to the Lord, we go to receive his will, receive his command, and we do the, want to do, obey it. Secondly, we depend on the word of God and the guidance of the Spirit and take advice of our friends. And finally, that peace. All these things, basically, we have to do, all these principles go together and everything has to relate to the word of God. All these decisions are covered. One thing I have not mentioned is prayer. Because prayer goes with all these five things. 
when we go to God in prayer, when we follow the guidance of the Spirit, when we take advice, everything is covered with, the, with, with prayer. And so prayer is not a sixth way. Prayer is the way which covers all these different uh, ways to know the uh, decision of the will of God. The final touchstone is the word of God. The final touchstone is the word of God. We are the people of the word, not the people of the world. Take out that L from your thinking. We are the people of the word, not the people of the world. And everything that we do, no matter what, though the fig tree does not blossom, though the wine does not there are no grapes on the wine. No matter what, yet will I rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. And he takes my feet up on the mountains. That is the way of life for any believer. All scripture is God-breathed. And it's profitable for teaching, rebuking, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that men of God, women of God, people of God, us, are thoroughly equipped to do the will of God. And God has not left us in darkness like people out there. We, did you know that the word of God is not given to unbelievers? Paul writes in Romans 9, about the Old Testament, that one of the greatest blessing of Israel or uniqueness of Israel, that they have the word. And the same way the church, the one of the greatest blessing or uniqueness of the church, that we have the word. And the word is addressed not to unbelievers. Even when it talks about unbelievers, it is talking to the believers to deal with them. And so this word is given to us. And that is the foundation for us, for any decision. Even what you have for breakfast is based on the word of God. Because whatever you eat or drink, Paul writes in 1033 of 1 Corinthians, whatever you eat or drink, do it all for the glory of God. What we dress what we put in our ears, how we um, do our hair, whether we do tattoos or not, and all those things, all those things relate to the Word of God, the moral principles that we live by, and how we relate to people outside. This is our life. This is our guide. This is our Lord, Master, not the Bible, but the, the living word that is the written word uh, tells us is our Lord and Master. And we follow him and we serve him. And God has told us clearly what kind of life he wants us to live. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for one another that we can help each other. Thank you for the peace that you, you give us in the life difficult situations. 
Thank you for the way that you guide us and lead us. Thank you, Father, most of all, for Jesus, who made it all possible. Because it is when we come into relationship with, with you through Jesus our Lord that all this process begins. Without that, we are in darkness now. And if we do not come to you now, then forever. And Father, our prayer is that there is no one here who has not received that light. And for us, those of us who have received that light, we would not live in darkness, but live in light and continue to depend on you. And as your servant prays that, search my heart, O Lord, and if there is anything that is not pleasing to you, show it to me so that I can live life pleasing to you. Help us, guide us, lead us in every aspect of our life, every decision we make. Everything, Father, will bring glory to you and blessing to people around us. Thank you for this class and for what you are doing through it and blessing us tremendously, tremendously in so many ways, especially through your word and our Lord. In his name we pray. Amen.